Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wolf, and welcome to episode number 54 of Unformidable, where we take a look at some of the less heralded myths in our beloved franchise's quirky history, because to us, every player who dons the orange and blue is, in some way or another, unformidable. Now, first and foremost, uh, many thanks to Christian Romo for filling in last week with a delightful pod. Uh, hearing their take on Brian Bannister was delightful. Uh, I thought it was fantastic, made me feel somewhat extraneous, but uh, so it goes sometimes, and uh, that was a great, great player to choose as well. Uh, I was trying to decide who to cover this week. I've gotten some suggestions from you guys, which I really appreciate, and I uh, I will definitely be incorporating some of those over <clears throat> in the next few weeks in the summer, uh, things that people have suggested to me online. Um, this week, I something I had been thinking about over the last couple of weeks. I've really been dwelling on the fact that I've been able to return to City Field uh, twice, in fact, since late April, including the Matt Harvey game. Uh, and I used to, once upon a time, collect my ticket stubs, you know, when ticket stubs were a thing. And I have a running Excel file of every Met game I've attended. And, yeah, I didn't visit it in 2020, just like I didn't visit... Uh, the Mets home stadium in 2020, and uh, I actually really started reminiscing as I was able to go back to that file. Uh, turns out the last full 
mid-seasons where I did not attend a game were 1981 and 1982. Uh, I went to my first game in 79. Uh, you know, back then I could only go to one game a year, uh, basically, you know, if I could talk my dad into it, I think. Uh, and from what I remember, between the baseball strike and probably dad just being cheap, uh, or not wanting to drive from the Bronx to Queens, uh, it seems I didn't go to a game in 1981 or 1982. Uh, so I'm taking myself back in my reminiscing to 1980 and to the winning pitcher in the f- the first Mets win I ever attended and the third Mets game I ever attended, and really one of the first players I remember truly irrationally loving and trying to imitate in Little League. As I suspect a disproportionate number of people did, kids did, for such a, at least for such a non-successful player, because uh, lots of young New Yorkers very briefly loved the Brooklyn-born, loose-limbed, wild-haired, and most importantly, hat-optional pitcher, Mr. John Pacella. <laughs> John Lewis Pacella was born on September 15th, 1956, in Brooklyn, New York, where I sit right now to record this. Although he and his family moved out to Long Island uh, when he was young, 1965, uh, so so John attended high school in Bohemia, New York, and he excelled there at baseball, going 21 and four in three seasons. And high school out there, he could be wild, uh, but he threw quite hard, so had drawn the attention of scouts in particular. Scouts for the local team as he was drafted out of high school by the hometown New York Mets in the fourth round of the 1974 MLB draft. Pachilla signed and slowly but steadily made his way through the system. Uh, 1976, at the age of 19, he was at AA Lynchburg, where he went 12 and 11 with a 3.26 ERA. Uh, today, you know, well, that sounds pretty astounding. You know, I think a 19-year-old, today people might look at some of those underlying numbers, such as his 83 walks and 119 strikeouts in 183 innings, and realize that the young man uh, at best needed some seasoning, or at worst might not be quite such a promising prospect. But, you know, it was 1976, and those advanced metrics were not at people's fingertips, and the Mets were about to trade away the franchise, Tom Seaver, within less than a year, and were about to descend into one of the more moribund periods of a frequently moribund franchise. But uh, at any rate, well, not exactly tearing up the minors at age 20 in AA or AAA, uh, Pacella would come up to make his Major League debut in 1977 uh, for a September call-up. Granted, lots of players get the September call-up. Uh, I, I don't really know the circumstances, but you know, I can't help but wonder if perhaps bringing up a 21-year-old Brooklyn-born kid in 1977 to distract from some of the stench of the Seaver trade might have had some appeal. But at any rate, uh, John Pacella got in a handful of games in 1977, debuting against the Philadelphia Phillies on dis- September 15th, 1977, making his Major League debut on his 21st birthday, mind you. So, I'm sure he really went out and got drunk that night. Was 21 even the drinking age then? I mean, regardless of the drinking age then, I hope he got drunk that night. But, I digress. Uh, the the, The Mets were taking on a Philadelphia Phillies team that was about to pull away from the Pittsburgh Pirates and clinch the 1977 NL East title. 
and the Mets would not play spoiler on September 15, 1977. Starting pitcher Craig Swan walked five batters in the first inning, surrendering three runs on zero hits in what quickly turned into a laugher. So Pichella came in to mop up over his last two innings, pitching a scoreless bottom of the seventh, working around a Gary Maddox double, uh, he did surrender two unearned runs in the ninth, thanks to two errors, by one by himself and one by Doug Flynn, that allowed two runs to score. Uh, so two innings, two runs, no none earned, two hits, two walks, no strikeouts. In the Mets, 8-2 defeat. Fun fact, I, as far as I could find in my research, I'm not 100% sure this is correct, but to the best of my knowledge, the only other Met to make their debut on their birthday the one and only Wilmer Flores, a scant 36 years later. Pacello would throw single perfect innings in his only other two appearances uh, at the end of that 1977 season and wouldn't make the team at all in 1978, uh, mastering double-A but faring poorly in triple-A. And in 1979, he wouldn't make the team again until once again getting a September call-up. This time, he would be, enter the starting rotation in September as opposed to making a few relief appearances. In the first start of his career on September 18th of 79, Pacella pitched well, allowing only two runs in six innings, but he got outdueled by Rick Russell of the Cubs, and the Mets went down 2 nothing. the only two runs of the game, courtesy of a two-run single by Dave Kingman. Um, I couldn't believe that he knocked in runs without a home run, but it happened. In his next start, uh, Pacella wouldn't get out of the first inning. He'd uh, in, a, in a third of an inning, he'd surrender four runs to the Cardinals, uh, but he would pitch fine in his finale, in the season finale, once again against the Cardinals, going six innings, uh, allowing only one run and striking out seven. Uh, he left in line for the win, but the bullpen would blow that for him, depriving him for the time being, of his first career victory. It would be in 1980 when Pacella would spend his only full season in the majors uh, with the Mets and briefly become a little bit of a cult hero, uh, less because of his results, though he did, uh, once he entered the starting rotation, he did uh, have a nice little run where he won his first three decisions, a couple in memorable fashion, but more than anything because of the quirk of his windup. The Hard-throwing, high-effort Pacella had a pretty herky-jerky, high-effort wind-up. I believe I remember him being likened to a right-handed John Candelaria, uh, but in his case, the wind-up and the motion and effort and the, not to mention his curly, somewhat poofy hair, combined for the unique effect that John Pacella's cap flew off his head on virtually every pitch he threw. It was delightful and hysterical and somehow very metsy. He started the season in the bullpen and pitched pretty well out of the bullpen through the first half of the season, uh, posting a 3.62 ERA through early June when he got moved into the starting rotation. Over his first four starts, he only pitched beyond four innings once. And just in case he started watching baseball in 2021, that was once considered very bad for a starting pitcher. Um, however, starting on June 27th, Pacella went on a little run. Uh, he was matched up that day against Steve Carlton and the eventual 1980 world champion Phillies with quite an impressive lineup. And 
our young our young righty outdueled the famed lefty Steve Carlton, matching zeros with them through five innings before the Mets got to Carlton for three runs in the sixth, uh, sticking Pacella to a three nothing lead. Uh, he had the proverbial lockdown inning, a very impressive one, pitching a scoreless sixth inning, striking out Mike Schmidt and Greg Luzinski. Uh, he did tire in the seventh, surrendering a two-run home run to Bob Boone, uh, but Tom Houseman came in to pitch the final three innings and preserve Pacella's first Major League win. And how about that for a first Major League win, defeating Steve Carlton? It's fun to point out that, again, though this is in the middle of a really desolate stretch of Mets baseball from 77 to 83. Mets actually started a little frisky there in 1980. It was a new ownership that we didn't know would ultimately be terrible, a new GM, and I mean, not that they really went about rebuilding the team yet, but uh, perhaps there was some new hope there. I'm a little young to have appreciated all that. All I knew is that uh, the NL East in June, July of 1980 was a pretty much of a clusterfuck with four teams within six and a half games of first place, including the New York Mets, who were 32 and 36 at that point, and only four games behind the Phillies after that, after Pacella outdueled Carlton. Um, and yeah, from what I remember, I was I was not quite six years old, but I was excited, uh, and I was particularly excited by this wild man who was so committed to pitching that. His hat flew off his head every time he threw the baseball. The Mets were, by their late 70s, early 80s standards, successful. The team was on the outskirts of a pennant race. Um, It was very exciting, and Pacella would continue to excel over his next four starts, uh, far and away the best stretch of his career, um, including July 2nd, 1980, when I got to see my newly minted idol in person, and he would get his revenge on Rick Russell, I'd like to imagine, for defeating him in his first major league start, outdueling him for a 3-1 Met victory. Um, and prob- probably the best start of his career, uh, Pacella surrendered a leadoff walk to Ivan de Jesus, and then proceeded to retire 13 batters in a row, carrying a no-hitter into the fifth inning. Um, in that fifth inning, it would be broken up by a double to Barry Foote, and the Cubs would plate their only run of the game thanks to a triple by Mike Tyson. Nope, not that one. And those would be the only two hits Pacella would allow over seven and a third impressive innings. Bringing the Mets, I believe, as close as three and a half games out of first place within a game of 500 uh, as the midway point of the season approached. And yeah, at least in my brief lifetime, that was as good as the Mets had been. <laughs> And does beg the question, why did I start rooting for them? But I'm sure we all ask ourselves that once in a while. His third start in that stretch, uh, the Mets took on the Cardinals. The team was 39-41, and 41, and Pacella went six innings, uh, surrendered two runs, and left with a 6-2 lead. But unfortunately, the bullpen would blow it, and the Mets would eventually fall in extra innings to the Cardinals, 8-6. to six. Then in start four of the the Pacella era, uh, he would surrender no runs in six and two-thirds innings, recording his third win in four starts, this time against the Braves. Uh, he walked none, which was incredibly rare for him. I, I didn't go through all his starts, but wouldn't shock me if that is the only start of his career where that was true. Um, he would strike out seven and bring the Mets even to 500 at 43 and 43.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And just like that, it was over. Well, not exactly. But the win made Pacella 3-0 for the season. Uh, it was the last win he'd record as a New York Met. And actually the next to last win of his major league career. <laughs> Over his next four starts, uh, he would revert to a pumpkin. A pumpkin that couldn't keep its hat on its head straight while it pitched, of course, so that novelty was still there, but he wouldn't get out of the third inning in any of those starts, walking between three and five batters a game over these short outings, and eventually getting himself pulled from the rotation. And alas, the 1980 Mets would fade fast, too. Uh, from 43 and 43, the team would finish 67 and 95. So that would be 24 and 52 over the last nearly half of the season. And in the 1980 offseason, the Mets would ship Pacella and Jose Moreno to the San Diego Padres for Randy Jones, a junk balling former Cy Young Award winner, well past his prime. Randy Jones was pretty miserable as a Met over 1981 and 1982. Uh, granted, the Mets didn't give up much. Uh, you know, Pacella did not amount, did not have much success after he left the Mets. But by God, at least his hat came off his head when he pitched. Unlike Randy Jones, Pacella would spend uh, 81 with the Padres organization in spring training, but would actually get traded to the Yankees right before the start of the season. He'd spend all of 81 in AAA Columbus for the Yankees. In 1982, he would make three appearances for them in April of 1982, including one start uh, that he lost to the Texas Rangers before getting traded to the Minnesota Twins in May of 1982. And that would actually be uh, Pacella's last extended stint in the majors, if, if you want to call it extended. He spent most of the 82 season in the Minnesota bullpen. He made 18 appearances, uh, finished seven games, recorded two saves, uh, but was largely ineffective. He had a 7.32 ERA, uh, 51 innings, 37 walks, 20 strikeouts. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, thereafter, he would bounce, I believe he was in the Orioles and Tigers organizations uh, for the last four years of his career. He'd get in uh, six games for the Orioles in 1984 and five games for the Tigers in 1986, which was his last major league action of his career. He did pitch in uh, the Japanese league in Yokohama in 1987 and back in the Tigers organization in 1988 in the minor leagues before retiring. And he, is a, in his post-playing career, he worked as a pitching instructor at a high schools in Ohio where he lives, and he's been inducted into the Suffolk Sports Hall of Fame on Long Island. The career numbers are not too pretty uh, for his career, according to baseball reference uh, B-War, 
Jello was negative 2.9 uh, war below replacement level. Um, he threw 191 and two-third innings in his major league career. Uh, he recorded a 4-10 record with a 5.73 ERA, appeared in 74 games, made 21 starts, uh, did record three saves in his career. As a Met, he was 3-6, and six, again, getting all those three wins in a four-start span, uh, with a 4.83 ERA, uh, 104 of those innings, um, 65 walks, 81 strikeouts, uh, 4.83 ERA. Actually, a 3.75 FIP. That was uh, better than I would have imagined. And actually, just a negative 0.4 war over his three years as a Met. It's really that uh, year in Minnesota uh, where he actually good for negative 1.8 war over his uh, 21 game 7.32 ERA stint. That really uh, makes his career numbers look a little more disappointing than you'd like. But we'll always have 1980 and we'll always have those glorious memories of that Met hat flopping to the ground. Not just thanks to memories, but thanks to Topps Baseball, um, perhaps one of the more memorable Met cards you can find, because uh, he did spend the entire 1980 season with the Mets, so if you find yourself a 1981 Topps John Pacella baseball card, you will see that mop of curly hair, you'll see that right arm coming over the top, and you will see that Met cap about to hit the dirt of the pitching mound uh, on its way down from his head. That journey it memorably memorably made during the 1980 season, even on the back of the card, where you know you'd often see fun stats like you know so and so won the Rookie of the Year award, or you know uh, the, the blurb on the back of his card simply read, "John had the unique John has the unique habit of losing his cap after every pitch," as if you didn't gather that from the front of the card. Thanks for clarifying, Tops. And thank you, John Pacella, for some wonderful, quirky, completely met Metsy memories. Thank you for taking the time to listening to Unformidable. Uh, please go to AmazonAvenue.com for more Mets-related content. Um, please follow us on all of the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and wherever you find this and any of our any and all of our amazing podcasts, please leave us a review. Um, it really helps us out. Original music by Bunga. I'm on Twitter at WolfRR, W-O-L-F-F-R-R, and the show is at Unformidable. Thank you, and as always, let's go Mets.